welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I am Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. Well, this segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. If you are a commercial agent, check it out. Uh, for a discount code at checkout, use CRE Show. And we have a great show today. We're going to talk about success, okay? Whether you own buildings, you develop properties, or maybe you're a service provider, or you're an employee at one of these companies, we are looking for ways to be more successful at our business, at our venture, at our job, uh, even in our society and with our friends and, and people that we work with. We have a treat for you today. My guest is Scott Amix, and Scott is the managing partner with Amix Ventures, that's A-M-Y-X, and he's also the author of the book Strive, and he's joining us on the phone today. Scott, thanks for being with us. Well, thanks for having me, Michael. I appreciate it. Well, Scott, some of our listeners and viewers are owners and developers of properties. And, you know, real estate's gone through a lot of changes lately, whether it's an office building and some change in uses there or in retail with the, the experiential aspect of it and some retailers not doing well. What are some things that developers and property owners might think about related to success today? Well, let me uh, share uh, some mega trends with you first is that uh, you mentioned retail as an example, and that's had an um, economically devastating effect for commercial real estate as retailers and brands uh, close shop. And of course, uh, in terms of a shopping mall, when you lose those anchors, it starts to jeopardize the, the, you know, the, the business model itself. Uh, what we're seeing from a trend is that uh, the general category of retail is going to substantively undergo change. Uh, no longer are they going to be uh, consuming very large square footage uh, like what we're used to. Uh, in many ways, they're going to either divest or uh, pivot. Uh, if they choose to have a physical location, it will not be necessarily for commerce uh, because a lot of that commerce can occur online. But rather, it's a way to reinforce brand and brand experience. So expect that the retail spaces of the future will become much smaller and they will be much more experiential. Uh, so it will be, you could imagine, and going into the um, uh, Nordstrom's of the future, where it's a smaller unit, and instead of browsing through large square footage of space, uh, you'll be seated in this uh, kind of circular couch along with your friends and family, and you'll be catered to almost as the white glove uh, concierge service with uh, champagne brought to you, as well as some appetizers, and right at your fingertips, um, whether it's an iPad or some digital display, you can be able to quickly browse through the kinds of products that you're looking for. But again, it's really meant to uh, foster relational aspect. Uh, it, it's meant to be almost a kind of an entertaining uh, aspect, an outing with maybe your friends or family. And uh, shopping just happens to be an experience. Uh, more so, we're also working with uh, startups that's looking to heighten some of that experience. So for instance, uh, as part of our portfolio, we have a uh, startup called OuterNet. And what OuterNet does is turn any windows and wall surfaces into very multimedia rich um, content and that is not just simply playing or looping uh, static images or videos, but rather it, it's interactive. Uh, just like some of you may be familiar with, let's say, Snapchat, and you get these augmented reality selfies uh, over your face you can actually interact with it and it can change. Uh, so that means that there can be specific narratives or storages for your tenants. Um, 
or for spaces that maybe it's vacant, you can actually use it to turn it into advertising revenue. So Outernet is fundamentally changing uh, any type of surfaces into a way to communicate, engage, and interact with the occupants, uh, as well as gather data. And that's a really exciting part is that they can start to gather real-time data in an anonymized fashion about the people and what they're doing and how they're interacting with the content and the space. Um, switching to a different topic is that when we talk more broadly around the category of smart cities, uh, is that uh, the, the commercial development needs to take into consideration in the next, next few years, and it's not very far, that they need to take some very, uh, very important aspects of change into their overall design as well as their portfolio. So let me give you an example of autonomous vehicles. Uh, there are many researchers, as well as architects and uh, designers, that are thinking through what does it mean as we slowly, incrementally switch over from uh, the cars that we drive today to autonomous fleets. And when that happens, uh, some of the implications, uh, for example, around parking is going to change. It wouldn't make sense to have parking garages uh, because many of these autonomous fleets are going to be in constant motion. And only in a very specific small window in the late evening uh, would they be parked outside of the city. There's no need to actually have an integrated parking space. Uh, so that is uh, that, those are just a sample of some of the things that's happening. Uh, more specifically on the buildings, uh, we call that the smart buildings. So this is happening right now where Internet of Things and sensors are being placed throughout the building and it's being able to gather information about everything from HVAC to the lights to the water uh, to even the people counting and is doing contextual information. Now all of this is, uh, what it's doing is it's gathering information for the purposes of predictive maintenance, uh, but also eventually to understand the contextual knowledge of occupants inside and anticipating their needs. Uh, this is exactly what Hilton and Marriott are experimenting with in their future hotel suites. So let me just pause there for a second. Yeah, I mean, that's all very interesting. And then when you talked about the interactive wall or window, um, that is an experience for the folks there, and you're getting information from them as well. And that could be or is fairly automated, right? It's completely automated, and it's actually done on a real-time basis. There's no video or anything of that uh, that's recorded, but it could be many people that's standing in front of windows, or it could be a, uh, a group of people walking through an elevator or a hallway. Uh, they will gather information around general age segments, uh, demographics such as gender uh, segments, and the kinds of interactions that they're doing. Uh, they're interacting with the content in a certain way, or they're walking a certain way, they're sitting. They start to gather a lot of information, and they're also working on classifiers to be able to detect logos and brands that they may be wearing. But again, it's all mm -hmm. anonymized. There's nothing that gets recorded. It just simply gets computed into values immediately. Wow. Well, when the, when the wall asks me how my Fruit of the Looms are doing, I'm going to be <laughs> a little, little defensive there. <laughs> um, and you mentioned uh, brand, and, and I think that's so important uh, in uh, retailers uh, today. And uh, and, and in, the, in the shopping malls and, and in the street uh, front stores and also uh, in the mixed-use developments. And I think if we look at the owner or developer's perspective on their properties, I guess that's one thing to kind of keep in mind. How can you help your tenants with their brand, right? And that might be 
um, with some of these interactive features uh, in your project, and it could be uh, with some of the social media aspects, right? Absolutely. Um, so, for example, in Soho, one of the uh, small retailers uh, uh, that has a magic mirror, and uh, one of the features that customers consistently talk about is their changing room. Uh, it has a feature where you can change the lights so that you can try out an outfit and see how that outfit would look, let's say, in a sunset or maybe at a beach, as an example. But it's all done through lighting. And what we're talking about in terms of available technology now that I'm referring to will literally uh, churn or change windows and wall surfaces into new spaces. Uh, so in other words, you don't need to have necessarily a large real estate um, to create new experiences. Um, let's say that uh, you're inside a uh, sporting goods store, uh, and even with a tiny space, the walls can change as if it's a baseball field, or maybe it's a swimming pool. Or in other retail spaces, uh, the walls and windows change to become um, a beach. Um, so it will literally transport you and without you actually having to step a foot into any new spaces. Yeah, and this technology it's, uh, is incredible. It can really create an experience. And, and the prices come down too, right? I mean, think about this technology yeah. you know, years ago. It would have been almost cost prohibitive. Absolutely. Uh, the, the kinds of technologies we're talking about, it's a very low initial capex, very, very low. But it provides a way for um, developers and building owners to be able to actually help enhance the value for the retailers. And then certainly for vacant, uh, vacant spots to uh, use it for advertising and to create advertising revenue. Yeah. And let me ask you again about your, your book, Strive, Scott. If, if I'm a real estate developer, owner of properties, what might be uh, one thing that I would enjoy getting out of your book to help me, help me strive? Well, I think, uh, you know, the, the hope of this conversation is that, that there are lots of moving parts, and these are not just a handful of uh, minor changes. These are mega changes that's in the context of what we call the fourth industrial revolution. And it is very important as these property owners and developers think through their next 10, 20, 30-year projects, that they're thinking through how the cities and buildings are going to go through some major transformation. Uh, and it is so critical because it has the potential to lower the capex and opex, as well as increase the value add to the tenants inside. So, for example, one of our uh, component technology startups we're also uh, investing into uh, is in the area of nanotechnology, and it provides an infrared thermal heat. So, instead of kind of the traditional force air that maybe tries to heat a very large open space, this is the kind of technology that is very low cost. Uh, uh, low risk of fire uh, and any type of externalities to simply get it fixed to the wall invisibly and provides uh, a gentle thermal heat, the kind of heat that's actually safe and, and actually healthy for our body. So those, so these are the kinds of things that we're looking at that is at the material level, at the experience level, and of course at the data level. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Great, great information, Scott. Well, we're going to take a short break. When we get back, I want to ask Scott about service providers. Maybe you're in a business that provides some service out there. Uh, let's get some tips for you to help you be more successful. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Would you like access to invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit realcrowd.com. 
Choose between Core, Core Plus, Value Add, or Opportunistic. Visit RealCrowd.com. Check out Valuate, a real estate analysis program that can be easily shared with colleagues online to do what-if analysis. Visit GetValuate.com. That's GetValuate.com. Are you a commercial real estate broker? Check out Apto, the leading web-based CRE software for managing contacts, properties, listings, and deals. Act on the information in your CRM to strengthen your relationships and grow your business. Visit Apto.com slash CRE show. Would you like to be the top producing commercial broker in your office? Check out Michael Bull's video training. Since you're a show listener, you receive 10% off your first purchase. At checkout, use discount code CREshow. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I am Michael Bull. Thanks for being with us. This segment is brought to you by BullRealty.com, Asset and Occupancy Solutions. Today we're talking about success. We're talking about some things that can help you be successful in whatever business or enterprise you're in. Maybe you're, you're a developer, service provider, or an employee at a company. So my guest is Scott Amix, and Scott is managing partner with Amix Ventures. He's also author of the book Strive. And he's joining us on the phone today. And uh, Scott, we sure appreciate you being with us. It's my pleasure. And I, Scott, let's talk about service providers. You know, there's a ton of people out there that, that work in the service industry. And, and, and a lot of our audience uh, are, are architects and accountants and, and lawyers and brokers. And, and one of the, the, the title, of your, part of the title of your book is Strive, is how doing the things most uncomfortable lead to success. So what might we want to think about as a service provider? Well, like I was uh, sharing earlier, is that there are some truly uh, seismic and tectonic shifts that's happening in the context of commercial real estate and smart cities and infrastructure throughout a city. And what that means is that your clients are going to expect you to know about some of these mega trends. And they will not look to you for simply just transacting, but they're looking for trusted advice. So in other words, they want to be able to rationalize, um, you know, how should I you know, think about my real estate portfolio or my next project? And it's important, it's imperative that you have some working knowledge, uh, enough to be able to provide that guidance or, or just even able to have a, a meaningful conversation around smart cities, smart buildings, Internet of Things, Data analytics, AI is an example. Uh, not to mention, uh, you know, whether it's uh, purely for marketing purposes or we think that actually it's more sustainable is at some point even the transactions are going to switch over from fiat currency to cryptocurrencies, as we're seeing. So your clients are going to ask, you know, should we allow for uh, exchange or, or purchases or sales to take place using cryptocurrencies or Ethereum or whatnot? And, and it's important that you're knowledgeable to be able to speak about it. Others will say, well, how do you manage uh, the volatility of that? Um, you know, should we make uh, transactions based on those uh, new, new currencies that could be subject to significant swings? And again, I think, you know, the book Strive, what it's telling you is that it's very easy for us to default to our, our comfortable habits. Uh, we were trained maybe in a certain particular way of selling or painting a particular vision. And I think it's imperative that as a service provider, 
that you really think hard about doing the things that's most uncomfortable. Uh, if it means being perceived as a trusted advisor. Now, why is that important? Because there are many other competing service providers, and they want to uh, to take a piece of the pie. And if you're not able to add that significant value in the form of knowledge and value-added skills, then somebody else is going to uh, somebody else is going to take take your take your game. So it's imperative that you stay on top of the game. Even if it's uncomfortable, and even some of these topics are something that you feel very uncomfortable and it's unfamiliar to you, you still do it anyway. Uh, the example I, I like to give is uh, Hidden Figures, the movie, where these human uh, secretaries or computers were about to be replaced by IBM mainframes. Now, most humans, um, of course, we, we naturally kind of resist and we get nervous about that, but the supervisor from that movie, what she did was she actually took the initiative, went to the library to learn that programming language. Not only did she find that she was not displaced, but she was able to transfer that knowledge to her colleagues, coworkers, and then they ended up working with machines. And that's the key is that as these buildings and properties and infrastructure generate data and intelligence, your clients are going to expect you to know, what should I do with all this new data? How should we use this data to improve our operations? or OPEX, or occupancy, and cash flow. Yeah, that's a very good point. You know, there's a lot more information out there about what are we going to do with it. And, you know, if we're not, if we're just order takers, then we're not adding any value. We really need to be advisors and help them understand how to use these things. It's interesting, a lot of times we'll talk about cap rates on our show, and, and then someone will talk to me and say, hey, Michael, you said the average cap rates were, were 6%. Uh, you know, I'm going to sell mine for 6%. Well, maybe theirs is worth 5 cap or maybe it's worth an 8 cap. And, you know, and that's just a, uh, <laughs> an easy way to look at, at, tech, at, at information. And uh, I think it's right. I think you're right. It, we really have to be advisors or things like technology are, are going to take our jobs. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what else. So what else is difficult for a service provider? What is difficult for us to do that or uncomfortable that would help us be more successful? Well, I think, um, you know, if, let me, if I could use the analogy of um, ERP. So if you think about the Oracle, the SAP, kind of the large um, traditional players, one of the biggest challenges they had was switching over from um, on-site installation or implementation to cloud, as an example. And the reason that was very difficult for the sales force was that it had a, a direct impact to their compensation scheme and the kinds of potential for immediacy versus kind of a long-term incremental payout. The reason I bring that up is more and more things are moving to more of a as a service. So, for example, uh, if you're uh, in the area of warehousing, warehousing is becoming highly automated. So in the next uh, few weeks, I'm going to be talking about the future of collaborative, decentralized, intelligent robots. Well, warehouses today already, but they're going to become even more where literally we're going to start to see less and less people working warehouses, and machines are going to be completely sorting, moving, storing, um, and collating, and packaging, and shipping, just managing this higher fulfillment process. Um, so that's an example of um, of the kind of change that's underway, and I think, you know, if 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 we don't think about 
you know, the way we work, how we get compensated, we're going to find ourselves very surprised. Coming back to the robot uh, example is that because one of the initial barriers to adopting robotics in a warehouse or manufacturing it has to do with the initial capex or the investment cost of setting up robots. But what they're doing is they're moving over to a robot as a service model. So what that means is you don't get the bump up if you're a salesperson. You, not, you don't have to get the initial lump sum payment from that seller robot, but you're going to get smaller pieces of that revenue over time. That's the kind of model that we can expect more and more within real estate. And it's important that you really think about uh, your entire business model and how you fit into that business model as you move from service-oriented uh, architecture. Yeah, very good point. And uh, you bring up the, the buildings and the facilities, and, and I think that's something interesting to talk about because the Internet of Things, things are changing so fast with the way we work and, and do business. And when you think about commercial buildings, office buildings, shopping centers, warehouses, you know, there's always a functional obsolescence of the older buildings, and there's a lifespan of these buildings that we've come to expect over time. But might the functional obsolescence of some of these buildings change faster? Might, as technology is changing so fast, you know, Scott, do we know what we're really going to have 10 years from now? Do we know if maybe a building that was, is 50 years old now and has some functional obsolescence, warehouse, for example, ceilings too, too low, not enough outdoor uh, space or, or what have you, uh, might functional obsolescence happen faster as things kind of, the, the, the rapid change kind of continues here? It is. And, and one of the things that's very interesting, this is part of the reason that I'm sharing this on your show, is that it used to be that some of these technologies or changes were fairly slow. And it took over the course of maybe 20 years, if you think about PCs or mobile. Uh, but more and more, we're starting to see the convergence of these technologies, whether it's AI, blockchain, AR, VR, reality. And the convergence is happening so fast that the cycles of these innovations is becoming almost vertical, too rapid. Uh, so that is a big disconnect, which is that when you get into a tangible, physical place, like a real estate property asset, is that they tend to have a much longer lifespan. But the use and the functions within it is going to change rapidly. And it's important that you need to think about uh, these aspects and allow for the physical asset to be as flexible as much as possible. So um, let me transition to talk about employees, uh, just to give you a, a little bit more uh, context. Mm -hmm. One of the things that Microsoft has been working on is most of us, use, we use laptops and workstations and Microsoft Suite, correct? Mm -hmm. Well, they are already working on um, commercializing HoloLens on a large scale. HoloLens is their augmented reality set of glasses. Why is that important? Because the employees of the near future, and this is not 10 years, we're talking immediacy to uh, within the next few years, massive adoption, where workers are going to be able to put on these AR glasses that you can see, see reality, but that reality gets overlaid with screens and information. So all the information that I used to have to have in front of my laptop, I can literally just cast it out virtually. So that means that I don't need to necessarily sit in a cubicle or an office setting anymore. I can collaborate. I can work anywhere. And I don't want to get convoluted, but there are also virtual reality and whole uh, virtual avatars that's also coming to play where even if people are in remote locations, you could feel as if we're collaborating in the same physical space. 
The point of this is that for employees, the way we work and the space in which we work is going to change dramatically. And in many cases, uh, because of other trends such as uh, you know, autonomous vehicles, freelance and variable labor force, and more and more people are going to be working away from traditional physical offices and spaces. And what does that mean? And how can, uh, how can developers, service providers add value to these physical assets when people are starting to find uh, that they can actually do the work outside, even, even public spaces in their cars, at home, and, and wherever they are? That, that is a, that's, a, that's a game changer. Yeah, and it's all changing so fast, it's pretty incredible, and, and some people uh, might be uncomfortable with it. So how do we become more comfortable with it, Scott? How do we embrace uh, all the changes in, in technology and the way we're doing business? Well, one thing that's very important is uh, when I present some of these things, and these are not, like I said, 10 or 20 years out, these are happening today, and it's just a matter of market share and increasing scale that's going to be happening in the next few years, is that it's very common to hear people whisper or a murmur under their breath that I hope some of these things never happen or I hope these things happen after I retire, or in some cases, I hope these things happen before I die, when I die. That is not the right mindset. The reason I wrote the book Strive is to help people understand that at the end of the day, it's not about technology or the business model changes, but it's about the individual, all of us, if we are not willing to reset our mindset, we're going to find ourselves displaced or marginalized or just, you know, our value is not going to be the same. The way we've been working the last 30, 40 years is not going to be necessarily as valid or relevant or helpful moving forward. So the book talks about a methodology called STRIVE. And let me just go through that very briefly, which is S in STRIVE stands for setting a goal. And it's about looking not just at your next commission check or that next transaction, but really looking at holistically. So in the book, Good to Great, Jim Collins talks about level five leadership. People want to work with you in whatever capacity if they perceive you that you're a leader that have greater purpose than just themselves. So it's important that you distinctively set yourself apart from the competition and that you're, you're looking at it from the bigger picture. And it's important that you have that guiding light for the rest of your life. And it's not just simply about, like I said, money and transaction and fame and glory. It's got to be deeper. Uh, number two, T in Strive stands for think about how to get there and plan for success. Now, there's nothing worse than hoping that these things don't happen or hoping that you'll still survive and be relevant. The way to realize success and continue success is to make sure that you're executing, right? So it's breaking down your longer-term goals into decades, monthly, weekly, and then on a daily basis, executing small and big to get you closer to that long-term vision and goal that you have. Number three is R and stride, which means risk. Embrace it. And this is perhaps, you know, the hardest for most of us because you know what you have to do, but it scares you. <laughs> Meaning you rather watch turn on TV and watch that show rather than pick up a magazine or a book and learn about AI or data analytics or smart buildings. Or maybe you're afraid to speak on stage, or maybe you're afraid to change a career, or maybe you're afraid to uh, make a new type of uh, uh, investment into a particular um, asset. Whatever that hard thing is for you specifically, that's what you have to work on. That's your first step. 
And it's only when you stretch yourself that you begin to make huge gains. Number four is I and strive. I stands for insight, meaning when you start to exercise the muscle of uncomfortable change, one of the most important things is self-awareness, meaning uh, the only way you're going to know if you're progressing in the right direction is if you continually self-examine, including failures. If you took a small step or you risked something and you didn't, it didn't go quite well that you wanted, but yet you have to pause to gather insights about that particular experience and about you. And figure out what you've learned from taking those risks and continually tweak your approach so that you're more successful the next time around. Number five is V in Strive. V stands for Verified Progress you got to know if you're going in the right direction. Uh, most of us, we use GPS or Waze when we're driving to help us verify that we're going in the right direction. In other words, you have to have a progress meter that's quantifiable, that's tangible, and it demonstrates that, in fact, you are incrementally moving towards that ultimate goal. And lastly, number six is E in Stride, which stands for Enhance Yourself, Mentally and Physically. That journey to success, as most of us know, has to be holistic. Uh, I think... Um, it's not just about acquiring new knowledge or expertise. In addition to sharpening your mind, you have to consider your physical, emotional, and spiritual needs, right? I mean, what's the point of becoming uh, a millionaire or picking up another million-dollar check if it came at the loss of your health and you need that surgery or you, now you're susceptible because you have cancer or that relationship is, is damaged because you just weren't around? So, for example, one of the things I do is I start each morning with the Bible. I get I get into the Word to make sure my faith is strong, and then I exercise, then I meditate. So when I sit down to work, my mind is clear, clear I'm productive. When I interact with people, I'm at my best. So we've got to think holistic. We can't slave away into success and neglect our body, relationships, or emotional spirituals. So my call to action in the book is this. Regardless how you define success, most of us want more out of life, right? Yeah. But if we're spinning in the same circle, doing the same thing, expecting different results, that's just madness. Right. So I challenge all of you that are listening that the way to realize success, and it is actually available to everyone, is to do the things that's most uncomfortable for you right now. Okay. And to get started in your journey, I want to give you something helpful. I want to be able to give you my Strive VIP sneak preview of Chapters 1 and 2. And that information is going to be available on the website. So, again, I encourage you to go out there and achieve incredible success. It's available to you. That's great. And the website is scottamix.com, and that's A-M-Y-X. And, uh, Ms. Scott, great information. Thank you for joining us. Uh, very enlightening. Thank you very much, Michael. And stay with us. We'll have more. And you mentioned Scott mentioned there, you know, set yourself apart. How can you set yourself apart? Well, think uh, our next segment we're going to talk about setting yourself apart as a broker. He also said verify. So how do you know if you're doing the right thing? So we're going to talk about some things to help brokers and other service providers, and give you a tool that you can also verify yourself and see if you are on the right track. So stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Invest alongside real estate experts, sponsors who have a successful track record and skin in the game. It's as easy as one, two, three. Learn about the deals, make your investment, and grow your financial wealth. Visit arborcrowd.com.
Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit bullrealty.com. Promote your business to the U.S. commercial real estate industry. Click advertise at the show website, CREshow.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I am Michael Ball. This segment is brought to you by thenewsfunnel.com. Check it out for all the news you need on commercial real estate. Well, today we are talking about success. And now I'm going to share with you some success strategies that I've learned over the years. And they, they come from watching people, training people. What I do every day is help my clients be successful my brokers be successful, uh, and my employees be successful. And one of the things that I've learned that I like to share with people is this. The more you add value to the people's lives around you, the more value it adds to your life. Let me say that again. The more value you add to the people's lives around you, the more it adds value to your life. Think about it. People are the reason being alive matters, right? So if you can add value to people uh, around you, it's going to really add value. It's going to really make you a happier person and a more successful person. When I was a young broker, I was 20, and I was running a management company, and I was selling real estate part-time and managing full-time. My broker brought me back to his office. He saw that I was running around, that I was extremely motivated. I was putting in a lot of hours. I was very efficient with my time. He had a lot of people that weren't as motivated, and he kind of caught me off guard, and he brought me back. His name was Buddy Patrick, and Buddy brings me back to his office. He had a big corner fancy office, and he said, Michael, what motivates you? And like I said, it caught me off guard, so I just spoke honestly. I said, well, I just feel if I do the absolute best job I can at whatever I'm doing, that I will get more opportunities. And Buddy looked at me, and he thanked me, and uh, he sent me on. I walked down the long carpeted hallway, and I thought, dang it. I should have said I was looking for a raise. <laughs> but you know what? It really wasn't the truth. I wasn't looking for a raise. I really did realize and that if you do the absolute best job you can, uh, you will get more opportunities. In fact, I'm still doing some business uh, selling commercial real estate, apartment complexes, office properties for some clients that I managed properties for when I was 20 years old. And I did the absolute best job I could. They've noticed it. Um, and I continue to do business with them even to this day. So think about that. Are you doing the absolute best job you can at whatever you're doing? And how can you do that? Well, let's think about it in terms of commercial real estate. You know, this is the commercial real estate show. Most of us are in some way inside the business. So here's one thing I think would be helpful. And that is to put yourself in the shoes of the people that you're helping, that you're working for, that your, your clients, and the people you work with in transactions. Let's say that you're in a transaction-based business attorney, lawyer, buyer, seller, investor, developer, tenant, you are involved in transactions. This is what I think should happen, should be your goal, and should happen. At the end of any transaction, whether it closes or not, 
people, everyone involved in the transaction should be able to say this. They should be able to say, you know what, that Michael Bull was very professional to work with. He communicated very well. I always knew where I stood. I tell you, if I was going to do business again, I'd like to do business with him. Now, that is even if you worked against them. So you represented a client, maybe doing a lease, a landlord, and they were the tenant. As long as you're honest with them and you treat them the way you would want to be treated. If you think about everyone involved in a, bus- in a, in a business deal, in a transaction, and you think about those individual parties and companies, how would you want to be treated if you were one of them? So you might not represent them, but there's a way you'd want to be treated. And a lot of it comes down to communication and honesty and integrity. So I think that's a big way that you can be a lot more successful is when you put yourself in the person's shoes that you're working with. Think about what I do when I do this show is I think about you. I think about my audience. I think about you as a professional person that does really well in your business and you're in some business involving commercial real estate. So when I'm setting up titles and and I'm setting up topics, I'm setting up guests and things that we're going to talk about, I only think about you as the audience. What will really help you? What will help you be more successful? What would be informational to you? What would be valuable to you? Also do it when I'm interviewing someone. I'm thinking about that what that person's saying and I'm listening to it very carefully and I'm thinking about what you want as an audience that's what makes the show valuable for you so that can do the same thing when you're talking to you you are you're selling you are persuading you're trying to get people to make good decisions you know look at from their point of view how do the words you use the actions you take the way you look the way your words are written in an email how does that look to that person? And you will be a lot more successful. I think another thing to really help you be more successful is to continually educate yourself, continually train. You know, I see some people that say, for example, that they're great salespeople, right? That, oh, I'm a great salesman and I'm motivated. And then you actually see them in action and they're not that good. We can all get better. To give you an example for me, when I started in commercial real estate sales, I realized sales was in the title. Well, I'd never met a salesperson that I was impressed with at that point. And so I didn't want to become that person. So I studied sales like I was was going to have an exam soon. And I did it every day, weeks, months, years. I really never stopped doing it. So I learned how to help people and persuade people to make good decisions in a way that didn't come across as sales. You're, you know, in our business, we're typically not trying to sell somebody something they don't need. We are trying to help them make good real estate decisions. So you want to have real good sales skills and, ins- and improve your skills in, in no matter what you do. To give you another example, I, I, I did really well selling real estate at a young age in my 20s and 30s and, and always have. But I still train, and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just telling you that to give you an example of what I've done is even though I did real well in sales, I've continually honed my sales skills. I continue to train. You know, in recent years, I've taken classes, Dale Carnegie classes on public, public speaking. I've taken classes on stand-up comedy. You know, I've taken classes on hosting television shows. Some people would, would might say that, well, Michael, you were pretty good at that. Well, no, we can all improve. 
You know, you look at the best superstars in sports. What are they doing? They're training. They're getting. They're paying for extra coaches. They're trying to get better at what they do so they can add value to the people around them, and it will make you more successful. I think a third thing that can help us be more successful is to realize that the best person that you can invest in, the best thing you can invest in, is yourself. It is absolutely yourself. I had a broker come to me one of our brokers, he said, Michael, he said, uh, I'm looking at buying this investment property. This is my return, you know, expected return. What do you think? And I and asked him, I said, well, let me ask you this. What if you took um, uh, the training from commercial agent success strategies, you invested in that, you invested in the, core, the four CCIM core classes, and, and you invested in some other training. What do you think that would do for you? He thought about it. He said, wow, I think I would probably double my my sales and in my net income and I said so look at the return you know invest in yourself invest in your people that will be the best return you will ever get because you know you are good at what you do so I would continue continually train yourself if you are not continually training you're getting behind you're getting left behind there's always somebody smarter and brighter uh, better, better educated coming around the corner in every endeavor, uh, there's some disruption happening all the time, and you should continually study. Now, the audience that we have for this show probably gets gets all of this. You guys are listening to a show like this because you understand the value. You are under getting ideas uh, for your business, for investing, to help your clients, to make yourself better at what you do. So, hope these items were helpful, and to your continued success. And thank you for watching and listening to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions, Arbor Crowd, Invest Alongside Experts, Get Valuate, Online Investment Analysis, Real Crowd, Crowdfunding with professionals. Apto, the ultimate brokerage software. The News Funnel, real estate news personalized. CommercialAgentSuccess.com, video training from Michael Ball. To access these great companies or for more videos, podcasts, and articles, visit CREshow.com.